born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Take your Bible, turn to the book of Acts, the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 6, this is uh, the next lesson in the series that we're doing in the book of Acts. If I don't start preaching it on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we'll never finish the book of Acts in my lifetime. But we have some good stuff in this uh, chapter. If you ever wanted to get a condensed, you know, concise story of the Old Testament and a lot of things that happened in bringing it all the way up from... You know, the beginning up until, um, you know, Solomon and the temple. The reason it's important because, you see, they were accusing Stephen, who is now just a newly elected deacon. And he gets the chance to preach. We don't know if it's his first sermon, but it was sure his last sermon. So his last sermon, it was a doozy. And you've got to hear what happened to this man that just became a deacon. So is it all right for a deacon to be able to preach? Evidently it is, because he was a deacon. He just got elected up there and uh, in verse 5. And so now here in verse 8, I want you to look in your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, there's one right in front of you in the church pew. And Acts in chapter 6 and verse 8, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue. Now this means that the Jewish people didn't like what he was teaching. So there's a conflict. Remember, they had just finished praying and asking the Lord to help them to have boldness to preach. Well, you can see why they'd have to be bold. There was a price to pay for the message they preached. So they had to preach it without fear. Now, if you had just you know, seen the Lord Jesus Christ come back from the dead and he preached and you saw him, and it was for, you know, 40 days, infallible proofs. In other words, you couldn't deny it. Jesus Christ was, according to the Bible, was the Son of God. Jesus Christ, and so that people know, is God. Jesus Christ is God, revealed in human form. That's why he could walk on water and perform the miracles that he did, and forgive sins, because those are things only that God could do. And Jesus Christ was born a certain way, and a certain day, a certain family, certain lineage, all these things, certain tribe, on schedule, all told about in advance, because God says, you're hard-headed, you're stiff-necked, I'll tell you these things before it happens. Stephen is going to be accused of being against Moses and against the law, 
And therefore, he is going to give a, well, a discourse on why he believes he's not guilty. He's going to explain to them what's been happening over the years and why they should believe it. Remember, in Jesus' time, they did not believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be. Understand this, there's people today and various religions that teach that Jesus is not who he claimed to be. If you just simply think that he is just a good man or a good prophet without understanding Jesus was God, you don't get it. Jesus Christ is the Lord. And that's why he says here in uh, verse 9, Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is uh, called the synagogue of the Libertines. Not Libertarians. Libertines. And he says, And uh, uh, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them of Sicily and of Asia, disputed with Stephen. In other words, they argued with him. Don't think just because you are right, nobody's going to argue with you. Everybody's just fall down and just, yes, 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 tell me more. If you ever do any witnessing at all, you'll find out that you'll win some, and you're going to cause chaos with others. And they'll challenge you, and disagree with you, and maybe say even evil things about you. But you don't let that stop you. What was he doing? This is probably street preaching. His is on the street. Probably outdoor. It was probably a Friday night. Well, I don't know if it was Friday night. Friday night so in him. But he was in the synagogue, so he was probably on Saturday. But anyway, as we're looking at this. He says in verse 10, And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they wanted to stir the people up because they didn't like what he was having to teach. What was he teaching? He taught that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead was a fact. Now there are people today and religions today that do not believe that Jesus Christ came back from the dead. Because it would disannul Christianity. There's nothing to believe in. Because he said... After three days, he would come back from the dead. And if he didn't, then he was a liar. Jesus Christ came back. They saw it. They believed it. And they preached it. And there was a price to pay for what they had believed. And their message was always so confrontational. Man, they hit right between the eyes. They pulled no punches. These young men in the Lord were not intimidated because of who they were. And these were the religious leaders of the day. Remember, Israel as a nation had rejected their king. I believe the offer of the kingdom after his resurrection was a legitimate offer. But they still, after everything was said and done, they rejected it. After the preaching of Stephen to the people, Israel stoned him to death. Because they stoned him, the very next chapter talks about they were spread out and preached the gospel around the world. And that's where it's been for the last 2,000 years. And because of that, the desire and the drive then began to go toward Gentiles. And the Apostle Paul was chosen to go to the Gentiles and the Apostle Peter to the Jews. All of this caused them not to have the kingdom in their time. It didn't have to be this way, but because people are hard-headed, they forfeited because they would not believe it. See, God does not make people believe on Him. 
There is only one true and living God, and that is the God of Israel, and his name is Jehovah. That is his name. He is the God of Israel. And this, remember, in the book of Acts, was written almost 2,000 years ago. This is way before other religions have come along and preached a lot of other things. This was already written. And he goes back another 1,000 years and more to explain what was happening in their day. You know what I noticed about this man, Stephen? He was either given by God all these exact words to say, or he had a good knowledge of the Old Testament Scriptures, and God blessed him with the wisdom of what he's had to say. But look what he had to say in his defense. So in chapter 7 is the defense that he has before the people because they had challenged him, and they wanted to know, what have you got to say about all of this? Because they said that he was blaspheming God, blaspheming Moses, blaspheming the law, and saying things, well, like being accused of being an extreme antinomian. Anti means against. Nomian is law. It means against the law. He says here in verse 12, And they stirred up the people, and the elders, and the scribes, and came upon him, caught him, brought him to the council set up false witnesses which said, This man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and against the law. But we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place, shall change the custom which Moses delivered unto us. Now, didn't he also make the statement, Jesus did in Matthew chapter 24, and talking to his disciples, that this temple that is standing right here is going to be destroyed and not one stone left upon top of another. Jesus did say that. But he also was referring to the time when it was his body that was going to be laid into the grave. And after three days, I'll raise it up. And they mocked him in the book of John chapter 2. Because they couldn't believe. It took 46 years, they said, to build this temple. And you're going to destroy it and raise it again and in three days. But he was talking about his body, which was the temple of God. He was God inside of that body. And that's why it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And He was in the world, and the world knew Him not. But it says, as many as believe on Him, to them gave He the right, the, the authority, the power to become the sons of God, simply by believing on His name. And then he says in verse 14 of John chapter 1, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ was the Word which was God dwelling among them. And so God wanted to reveal himself to man, and he did it in such a way that they would know. He's told all this stuff in prophecy in advance. And lo and behold, here he came, and they didn't believe it. There's people today that do not believe that Jesus Christ is who he claimed to be. And yet, when you stop and think about it, there is not another man in the whole world of all time has been better known than the name of Jesus Christ. And buddy, isn't it a controversial name? And anybody will do anything to not believe it. I don't even want to hear that name. This is the way these Jews were. They didn't want to hear about him. They said, don't you preach this man's doctrine in this city of Jerusalem. They didn't want it. So it says... In verse 15, And all that sat in the council, looking steadfast on him, saw his face as if they had been seen the face of an angel. Now, they want to know, what did you got to say about this? In verse 1, Then said the high priest, Are these things so? 
Are you against God? Are you against Moses? Are you against the law? Defend thyself. And buddy, what a sermon he preached. Look in verse 2. He said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God, now he goes all the way back to the beginning with Abraham. So if you want a little history lesson, buddy, you'll get it right here in these short verses where he says, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charon or Haran and said unto him, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I will show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran and from thence when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. Now, that's almost a thousand mile trip there for you that don't know. That's a long ways to go. It says if he knew how to get back, he probably would have tried to get back home. But he didn't know how to get there. And in verse 5, and he gave him none inheritance. And it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him when as yet he had no child. So God had promised to Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. And he told him that when he didn't have a son. He had no children. He became an old man. He was an old man when God told him this. His wife Sarah was an old woman. Well stricken in age and they were not able to have children. So if they were going to have a child, it would be a miracle. Now, he had already been told by his wife, why don't you take Hagar and have a child by her? That bad advice. Did have a child named Ishmael. Abraham says, can it be through Ishmael? And God says, no, you are going to father this child through Sarah. And it's going to be a miracle child. And it's going to be by faith. And it's going to be, his name will be called Isaac. There was two sons. One about 13 years before the other one. But God declares truth from his word. This is in the word of God based upon all the scriptures that were written over a thousand years before this. Anything who's written after this that contradicts this has to be wrong. This is the authority. This is the word of God. Now look what he said. He makes a statement down here in verse 6. God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, that they should bring them into bondage, and entreat them evil four hundred years for hundred years. That's how long they were down in that little place called Egypt. Never heard of that? And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage, will I judge, said God. After that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. See, God is the one who gave that land to Israel. He didn't give it to anybody. He gave it to Israel. God says, the earth is mine. He even says the cattle in a thousand hills are mine. He says the gold and the silver is mine. Well, if it belongs to God because he made it, he can give it to anybody he wants. He chose to give it to Israel. And Israel has had a problem keeping it all these years. So for about 4,000 years, it's been a problem. Because you see, Ishmael was also become the father of many nations. And they also greatly multiplied until today there's probably 50 or more nations that are just of the uh, Arab belief, of the religion of Islam. That is a different religion, but this is what God promised in His Word. He says the children of the 
bondwoman will be many more than the children of the free woman. So through Isaac, there won't be as many. So look how few Israel is and how many the others are. Well, God said that was going to be in His Word. That's found in the book of Galatians in chapter 4. You've got a Bible, you can read it, study it for yourself. But look what He says. He says in verse 8, And He gave him the covenant of circumcision. So Abraham begot Isaac, circumcised him the eighth day. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs. Now, you don't even see Ishmael's name mentioned here. It's not mentioned. Because he's not of the seed. It was not through Ishmael, it was through Isaac. And that's why even to this day, there is a hatred there that it shouldn't be because it was the will of God. But it's hard for people to believe what the Bible says. So they want to change the Bible or add something to it. This is the book. This is the book. And the book tells us how it really happened. And majority of people never read what this book has to say. Look what he says in verse 9. He says in verse 9, And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him, delivered him out of all his affliction, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Now there came a dearth or a big famine over all the land of Egypt and the Canaan and, Canaan and great affliction, and our fathers found no sustenance. So Jacob, in verse 12, heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent his fathers out first. Or he says, our fathers out because Stephen's is staying there. Remember, he's talking to his people, and he's telling them how we got into this mess. Because remember, the children of Israel, they didn't like Christ either. They didn't want nothing to do with Christ. Because, you see, they didn't believe what the Scripture says. The Israelites had the same problem that the Ishmaelites have today. Nobody wants to believe what God says. So Israel had been kicked out of the land for 2,000 years. And there's a hatred toward them from the children of Ishmael. And they hate them to this day. It shouldn't be that way. But God's Word tells us what's going to take place even in the future. But look what he says. In verse 13, And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren. Joseph kindred was... Made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him and all of his kindred, threescore and fifteen souls. And they all came down into Egypt. And of course, as you know the story, after 400 years, well, they had multiplied. Now Pharaoh was concerned that if somebody wanted to war against them, well, here sits about two million Israelites that could join up with them and take over Egypt. So they thought, we'll just kill all the male children. Kill all the men children. So he says in verse 17, But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose which knew not Joseph, didn't know anything about him. Just think, America is a little over 200 years old. Look how much has been done in 200 years. Did you know there's people today that don't even have an accurate understanding of the history of America or the understanding of the Bill of Rights or the Constitution today? Give it another 200 years, and what would we think about our founding fathers? Look how terrible we are in 200 years, what it would be like in 400 years. Well, it was 400 years. And it says in verse 19, 
The same dwelt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children to the end they might not live. Uh, This was a result of abortion, any other way they could do it. They would kill the children as soon as they were born. And in verse 20, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house for three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deed. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. See, he's telling them what happened and what Moses thought. So he's not speaking against Moses. He's telling the truth about Moses. Moses thought by his actions, they would all rally around him and he would lead his people. He already knew what he was supposed to do. His timing was off by about 40 years. So whenever they found out, and squealed on him. He knew that everybody knew. He took off and he fled. And lived on the backside of a desert for 40 years. And then after 40 years, God appeared to him in a burning bush. And so God goes through this story and tells what happened. And where the law came from. And it's all about what God promised to the nation of Israel through the son Isaac. And look what he says. He makes a statement down here in verse 27. But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Will thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, Was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begot two sons. And when forty years were expired, there appeared unto him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him. Do you think this deacon had an understanding of the word of God? Remember, they couldn't quote Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. They could not quote, you know, 1 John 5, 13 that says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. You may know that you have eternal life. They couldn't quote John 3, 16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, they had to use the Old Testament. Why? That's all they had. That's all they had. They had the Old Testament. This is the very first century. This is right after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is in the first church. And great things were happening. And so... In verse 32, and this is what he's saying. I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Israel, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled, and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen, I have heard, seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt. And I have heard their groanings and am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Does it sound like Stephen is against Moses? He, Moses is the one that gave the law. See, he's not against those things. He's telling them what happened. He's giving them the right sequence. He's letting them see how that the children of Israel have always been rebellious. They're always rebellious. They don't listen to what God has to say. And so God has to whoop them. 
And one of the worst whipping Israel is ever going to get is right ahead of us. See, the Word of God tells us that there's going to be a peace treaty made with Israel and the Arab nations. I believe it's coming. But it'll be a false peace treaty. And the nations are going to try to annihilate the nation of Israel. They want to drive them into the sea. They want them, everyone dead, dead, dead. The Bible says this is what's going to take place in the future. And if Jesus Christ, who is the Lord, doesn't come back, there is no hope. Not only for the nation of Israel. There's no hope for the world because God says that unless he comes back and shorten those days, there'll be no flesh left alive. We're living at a time when man can destroy man from the face of this earth. There's people today that are concerned about Iran getting the bomb. Pakistan already has the bomb. And now, sweet America, we're going to send them over there. I don't know how many of these new planes. So that they can defend themselves. But you know who they're right next to? The nation of Israel. Isn't it amazing Sometimes I'm not sure about the president of the United States whose side he's on. I'm just telling you the truth. You get mad, you just get mad. But I'm not going to be intimidated by anybody. I know this book, I believe this book, and I can see what's going on, and I'm not dumb. I believe a lot of people are. They just don't see it and they don't understand it. This is important stuff. We're living in a crucial time in our country. Well, lo and behold, we are in a heap of trouble. You just wait and see if there isn't some kind of a national crisis. See, what's going on right now, ever since the last election, is to create a crisis by which the people cry out, the government's got to do something. And every time the government does something, it always takes away more of your freedoms and liberties, puts you further into debt. And then after a while, create another crisis. It's got to be passed now. Pass this bill right now. We've got to have it now. And so, oh, yes, we got to do it. And they're all manufactured crisis. And we're going to have some more coming down the road. And we're going to have chaos in America. You just remember, I told you so. Do I want that? No, I don't want that. I want America today free until the rapture. And after that, let it break loose. I don't care. But that way, all the Christians were out of here. But it ain't happened yet. You know what? I have no clue if I'm going to finish this tonight. You're wondering that too, aren't you? He said, you're going to try to finish this whole chapter? <laughs> well, when I started off, I was going to. But I want you to see that because all this is so important. He says, and, and makes this statement here. In verse 35, Then Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared at him in the bush. He brought them out. After that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses. So this is the one that I'm talking about. He is talking about Moses, and they can't dispute anything he said because this is Scripture. And they read the Scriptures every Sabbath day. But they don't understand. And the people are rebellious. So he says, this is that Moses which was... Uh, said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear. Moses said that there's a day coming in the future that God's going to raise up a prophet just like Moses, and he is a ruler, and he is a judge, and he's coming. And he said, This Jesus, he's the one Moses talked about, and he's the one that I'm telling you about. 
You say, well, no doubt they saw the light. And all the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and all of them, they all joined together and sang, I wandered aimless, life filled with sin. I saw the light. Do you think that's what they did? No, they didn't see the light. Most people never do see the light. Because you see, whenever you are in error, you don't like to admit it because of pride. Pride keeps a man from admitting, I am wrong. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.